When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, uh, I think we had more evidence of uh, how I can be occasionally removed from the thought processes of a local thought 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 processes of the new of the modern fans who are out there mm-hmm. not even the modern fans are out there because I had no idea that circled me Bert was a big deal sure I knew it's been around since you knew 2000, it existed in 2002 yeah. I see 25 people walk in the stadium with fi- stand, uh, fa- uh, signs mm-hmm. and when you're on the road it seems to me when they're on the road, there's more people with signs because they want their friends to know they're in Chicago watching the Twins mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm, like this. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, Bert apparently misinterpreted some message that he received from Fox Sports North <laughs> about the future of Circle Me Bert and tweeted out that Circle Me Bert was done and uh, an outpouring came forth. And it was uh, uh, amazing, and so much so that Fox Sports North has had Jim Pete and guys like that tweeting out that Circle Me Bird is still going on. They're trying to get the full message out. We call this that, damage control. That Circle Me Bird is not dying because there were like people with pitchforks and torches. Oh, and it just, was uh, extremely. People were angry. Now I have suggested. That if you are really upset that Circle Me Bert is going away, that you notify me so I can block you on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I think that's I, a proactive I'm really move. worried yes. about you. Yes. But there's people that their dead grandmother got circled and stuff like this. But I think one of the most heart rendering uh, statements we've received on this uh, was uh, this morning on the Judd and Mackey show. Or the Mackey and whatever, my Mackey and Judd. We, call Mackey it, and Judd. we still they, refer to it as the schism around here. Why don't they call it the Phil Homer and, and Judge. Panic? Phil, Phil and Judge. That was Homer and Panic was, uh, yeah, Homer and Panic was the best name ever, but they didn't go for it. And by the way, we saw a little panic today. We had panic and panic today, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> On the future of football because of the don't lower your head before you tackle rule in mm-hmm. the NFL. They had them basically playing flag football within four years uh, with their uh, guy Cosgrove. It was uh, the end of football as we know it. No helmets, no spikes, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to I guess it's going to be all computerized. <clears throat> anyway, this is, uh, you know, this kind of made me wonder my thoughts on Circle Me Burt when uh, Randy from Cottage Grove checked in this morning to give his 
uh, view and his experience with Circle Me, Bert. Here's what I called about. I'm not, I'm not, my mock isn't ready, okay? Don't distract from my point. My point was this, okay? Bert, uh, the circle thing, it's a bad thing, and it's got to go. It's, it literally led to the end of the marriage before this one. For me. This was at uh, the Hubert Humphrey uh, Stadium, the, whatever, the, the Metrodome, as, as they call it, and um, he was circling one of the winners or one of the people, and... Uh, uh, old Randy was in the background with uh, someone else, as I'll just say that. And I didn't realize the circling was happening. And uh, I, I was not with my then my my former wife, my <laughs> wife before this wife. She got wind of it from some friends, and um, they they happened to be at a sports establishment watching, uh, you know, hanging out, playing um, bingo, bar bingo. But but it was on, and everyone saw the circling. And in the background, I was just let's just say. A, what I was doing was was a moment of passion. I'll just put it that way. And it was it was obviously not with her, and it, and I was caught, as they say, red-handed. Okay, and I was not the one who was circled. I was a row or two behind, but I was no way getting out of that one. Someone got it on tape, and I get home, and she says, "Randy, did you have a good time at the game?" And I said, "Yeah, I did. I had a great time. Why?" And the next thing I know, I'm packing my bag, and we are in court, and it's over. So, Bert, okay, you got to be a little more discreet yeah. in who you're circling and what's going on in the background. Don't be a bozo and just start circling stuff without seeing. Maybe there's something in the background here that isn't a PG, as they say, okay? So get rid of it. It's a dangerous thing, and it ruins marriages. <laughs> See, that's my circle. That's uh, that's something that uh, we we hadn't even thought about. No, uh, that part of it. So. Ending marriages. Usually, you end up down there with Granny, right? Yes. I. By the way, the thing is not completely spontaneous. There's people who send up information. Well, I because they have to send. I have out, my ninety-two-year-old yeah. yes. grandma here. That's the first time she's been to a game. She loves Bert. So it's not like you know you're standing up and waving your sign. They already know who they're going to circle. Because they have to send Gorg or Marnie down there to, to give them the scratch-offs. Yeah. Off. Oh, they get scratch-offs? That was part of the most recent one okay, with the, the circle lottery. of Bert. I guess what happened is the lottery The lottery bill. part of it is no the lottery longer. lottery bill. Yes. Yeah. I think it'd be better if it was just spontaneous. But I feel sorry about Randy because, you know, I think he was probably a good husband. He just had a little... Just a little bit of a mishap. A moment of passion at the Metrodome. That happens. He's probably a co-worker. And she says, hey, you want to go? Let's go to the ball game. game." She got a couple of beers in her, and she was probably the aggressor. Well, wait a minute. I testify on Randy's behalf because I I know him, and he's a very uh, upstanding citizen. I think the most shocking thing we discovered in that phone call, though, is his mock isn't ready. No. It's March 28th, Randy. Let's go. (laughs) Run out of time here, Randy. You've got to pick up the pace here. Now, is he going to do the whole thing? Oh, all seven, seven rounds. rounds. Oh, he, he does mocks. all seven rounds. He mocks. I just wondered if he had time with it. He's remarried, though. <laughs> I, th- I believe so. Like, yeah, I believe but are so. they living separately, I thought. Uh, at least well, last are. year during football season, I thought they were living she separately. She kicks him out because he's too too much to be During around? football season, I would imagine that yeah, uh, Randy's probably living in a different take. place. I didn't yeah. get to hear Randy after the Minneapolis miracle. How was he after oh, that? Oh, I'm one? sure he was uh, mm-hmm. thoroughly... I was here. I don't remember. Well, you did you did you I do Ventline? Why well, I, I was here. I mean, Jonathan was was producing, but I'm trying to remember. Does he occasionally call Ventline? Randy? Yeah, yeah Rand, Randy will call in on occasion. Mm-hmm. Not not as frequently as maybe a year or two ago, mm-hmm. but uh, 
I don't remember if he called in. Well, maybe the new not. wife is uh, cracking down on him and doesn't let him uh, get a squirrely during games. Bert, you've got a responsibility. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Check out who's in the background. Right. Now, there was a discussion the other day about the famous time that Halsey Hall was in the booth with Herbie and Ray Scott, and they were in Anaheim, and he said... He kisses her on the strikes, and she kisses him on the balls. And and uh, and Herb, and now I heard that, and somebody on Twitter tried to make it sound like they knew when Halsey did it, and then he was being bad-mouthed. He said that, never, that other people were saying that joke's been used for 100 years, mm-hmm. and it wasn't Halsey. Well, I'm here to tell you. It was a night game in Anaheim. I was listening on the radio, and uh, Palsy made. Then this was when the Angels were drawing fifteen thousand people, and on TV they zeroed in on this couple. They were doing radio, but they saw it on TV, and Halsey said that. Sure, he, said, uh, he kisses her on the strike. She kisses him on the balls, and we're not even sure that Halsey was certain. By then, Halsey'd had his gins and his. You know, he was. <laughs> He was half squirreled up. But Ray Scott and Herbie could not complete a sentence for two innings. Oh, I bet. One of them would start talking and start laughing and then try to say, and then the other one would kind of jump in and try to say something. And neither, for two innings, all you heard was laughter. Because I don't think Halsey, Halsey was howling too. Because I don't think he realized what he was saying until he said it. Kind but, of like when that the, the mayor will ask a question not knowing the yes. innuendo that is applied to that really question. I was really hoping we were going to let that one pass. Got it. But, uh, <laughs> but, we, but we didn't. So Anyway, uh, yeah, Circle Me Bird is not going away. And if that's important to you, I really feel sorry for you. Never call this station. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stahl has to wait for the tag on. Granlin, give and go. Stahl, that can't score! 3.15 remaining. And the Wild have tied it on Stahl's 40th goal of the season. And today Eric Stahl has been so danged good this year, he could be one of the three finalists for the Hart Trophy. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he's going to win it, but he could be in the he could be one of the three finalists for it, which is uh, quite a significant achievement. I looked up the Hart Trophy, by the way. Wondered who Hart was. I didn't know who Hart was. I can't remember a great player named Hart or an owner. It was donated in 1924 by a guy named David Hart. In honor of his son Cecil, who had been the longtime coach of the Montreal Canadiens. Really? So it's named after some coach from the 1920s huh. or something. So it's not a not a great player. Hockey's but, weird too because they never yeah. refer to it as what what its significance is. They refer yeah, to it as, as the name. As the name. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like the Stanley Cup. You know, it's not the champ. You know what? Uh, I get. You know, they they name everything after. Uh, they uh, n- hockey was never more confusing than when they had. The conferences and the divisions oh my God. named after people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Campbell Conference, the, Smythe, and the, the, the Camp, Norris, the, 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 the two, Prince of Wales. The two conferences conference were the Prince of Wales and the Campbell, <laughs> and the Smythe and the Norris, and I can't remember what the other two were. You know, the Smythe and the Norris, I think, were the two divisions, but I can't remember what the Judd other. would know. Judd, oh, Judd's yeah, got all yeah. that stuff. 
But we were the Smythe, right? Or no, the no, Snorris. we were the Norris. The Norris, uh, yeah. That was one of Beer, Beer, Berman's, Berman's yeah. big stars. The NFC the, Norris. The, the, or the NFC Norris or the Snorris division, he called it all the time. Because <laughs> there was a one year there where I think the Wild, uh, the uh, North Stars were fighting for the division title with about 20 games under 500. You know, <laughs> they, were, uh, they weren't too good. But anyway, the Wild, they get, they get a point. You know who is, everybody's been looking for Colorado. You know who's now closest to them? The St. The Louis. Yozies, yep. St. Louis Blues. They traded off uh, Stastny on mm-hmm. them at the trading deadline. They were in the tank, and now they've got a winning streak going, and they're three points behind. They did the, the same thing last year. They made yeah. a big deal at the deadline, and everybody thought, well, they're, they're, they left the Blues for dead, and then they mm-hmm. came back and made the playoffs. They, uh, they got a fighting chance anyway, which uh, will uh, probably ensure that he gets to stay there. Why does Yo do this every year? Where do, he'll, 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 Always go he'll start the out crises, well, and then, yes. and then it'll be just oh, that were, terrible stretch well, of 15 was, games or whatever. This looked like a duplicate of his first year there. First year here. Remember, they were the best team in the NHL? Yeah. And after 30 Leading games. the league in points, I think. I yeah. think after 30 games, they led the league in points. And they won seven games in regulation the rest of the season. Because that was that Out year. 52. Because that, that was the good year that Kyle Brodziak had, right? Yeah. And, and they gave him kind of a nice contract and, and wasn't too good after that. But they went completely in the tank. Yeah. They, they were uh, brutal. And he's had... He's had those good starts before, but this year they had a great start. They were yeah. fantastic, and then they were horrible in the middle to the point the owners gave up on them. I mean, the general <laughs> manager gave up on them and traded Stastny when they were only like six, seven points out. But they, two weeks ago, they were left for dead, and now they're uh, they're they're closer right to the they're closer to the Wild than anybody else. But it uh, looks like the Wild Winnipeg. Uh, that was going to be Nashville the matchup. I'll take point. it. There. I think they're Winnipeg's within four points of Nashville, but uh, but uh, we want the Wild. Although I bet a lot of uh, North uh, Wild fans wouldn't mind Nashville because they could go on the road. I think that if Nashville you, if and, you uh, ask the majority, they want Vegas <laughs> more than I don't anything. think they could. But get that, Vegas. That, I don't think it can't happen they, either because they, they'd have to fall out of the top three. In the right. division, yeah, sounded like there were the sounded like there were a lot of wild fans at the game down in Nashville last night because when Stahl scored that goal, it was a oh, pretty uh, pretty loud you uh, can reaction. Get tickets if you're if you're willing to pay triple, you can get tickets, and there there would be a ton of wild fans in Nashville. Nashville is <laughs> probably oh yeah next to Vegas is the number one location for people to go to to see their hockey team, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, Florida. Right? Yeah. No? Yeah. You go down to Tampa, you can make Tampa's, but unless you're going to spend five days on the Nashville, you only have to be there two days, two nights. True. And for the and Panthers. You can get in all the trouble you possibly want to and right. come home. And for the, for the Panthers, I mean, the only people that would be at the game are people that well, are coming in for well, the road team. Plus, the Panthers, Panthers uh, arena's on the turnpike. It couldn't be a more boring location. There's a couple of bars out there, but it's terrible, hmm. terrible location, but uh, that's great. Meanwhile, our fighting twinks, uh, I, I haven't uh, seen any reports on their workout today at uh, Nationals Park. I'm sure they had one. Ryan Lamar, Sports Hero fan, uh, makes the team. Uh, I'm surprised, really, because they don't like messing with the 40 man. I don't think they've told us yet who they uh Took off the forty man. Well, didn't they put fun. Hughes on the DL on the yeah, sixty? But that no, 20, ten days. Oh, it was the ten, 10 days. days. Yeah, okay. yeah. They get that. That's not going to get them. It's one of their Dietrich ends would be my guess. But uh, they get they they do have to make a move there on the forty man. 
And uh, so I missed this when I was gone, but now we got Kenny back. Yep. So since now, they claimed him off Cincinnati because Cincinnati tried to run him through waivers to send him to AAA. Okay. It never made any sense for him to go there with Joey Bottle right. and no DH. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess when the Twins reclaimed him, Cincinnati said, okay, go ahead. Just take it. Now away. we've had that game played. Remember that infielder, Rosali? Oh, Rosales, yes, yes. That Oakland and Texas kept claiming him back and forth. <laughs> Even the guy were like six times during the year, they kept claiming the guy back and He's forth. He's at the same airport. Cincinnati could have done that, but I don't think it was that important to them. And the Twins wanted him at AAA. Supposedly, they still like the idea of having a big bat on the bench, but Kenny is the worst possible guy for that role. Kenny, if Kenny is going to help you, it's going to be playing five games a week and getting 20 at bats. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be sitting there for 10 days waiting to pinch hit. That is not how Kenny can help you. If he gets 20 at bats, he might run into one that week. Mm, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But also he's got to stay sharp. You know, he, he's, he's, he can't be a bench player. And no. if he's going to pinch hit for you late in the game, as soon as he gets on, you're going to have to lift him for a pinch runner anyway because he's yes. not, you know, not going to be able to run that fast. Kenny will be making big bucks in Korea or Japan next year. And that's, uh, that's good for him. Meanwhile, our Wolfies play Atlanta tonight, and I'm mm. not counting on anything. Jeff Teague today at uh, practice said, uh, how do you get over how do you get over that one? And he said, "It's simple. Do you want to make the playoffs or not? You got to get over it. Yeah. <laughs> you got to. You, you got to no go choice. play. Yeah. You got. You can't. You guys act like idiots. What the hell happened? How they did went you, three for seventeen in the fourth quarter. And well, they first of all, the first half was take any shot you want. It was fifty nine, fifty nine. The third quarter, they let it stay close, and then they choked in the fourth quarter. They went three out of seventeen. Oh they had. Points. They actually had some defensive stops in the fourth quarter, but." They could Memphis, make a shot. Memphis gave them, Reavers, every opportunity to steal that win, <laughs> and the Wolves couldn't hit a shot. They were they were scoreless, I think, for the last... Because Wiggins, Wiggins had the layup inside with like 340 left, mm-hmm. and they didn't score a point the rest that of the game. Was, uh, that was as uh, good of a lusty boo as I've heard for the boys yep. at the end of the game. And they it was well-deserved. Now, there was only about 3,000 left. Everybody was bailing. <laughs> they had a good crowd, too. I mean, 16, and it looked like close to that. And they let them have it pretty damn good. So that the people who are aware of how bad Memphis is stayed around to boo. So that was good. All right. We uh, shall return. Johnny Height and then Kevin Seifert, who's been in Orlando, where all these rules are being uh, clarified by the NFL. And we will talk to him about the one everybody's talking about, the can't lower your head to tackle a guy rule. We'll uh, see what he says about that. Gentlemen, you know what the headline in the New York Post, uh, the uh, shortened version of uh, A-Rod and J-Lo is? No. J-Rod, they call it. Oh, no. And J-Rod and, uh, has now bought a $15.3 million love nest on Ooh. Park Avenue. Can it... Can it be a nest for fifteen point three? It's in the spacious uh, nest. It's at four thirty two Park Avenue, the tallest residential building in the Western Hemisphere. It had been listed at eighteen five. They got it for fifteen three, four thousand square f- feet, uh, three bedrooms, baths, powder room, blah blah blah. According to the listing, the apartment takes up half of a floor in the 96th floor building. 
views of uh, Central Park. Uh, and there are separate his and hers bathrooms, of course. And, uh, yeah, well, anyway, oh. I don't know if it's a love nest, but I'm still mad at him because uh, he didn't talk to me last <laughs> week. But I think he's over. He I gave he, you the Roycey snub. Uh, he gave me the Roycey snub, <laughs> and I think he's uh, shook it off, the uh, criticism that right. I, he received yeah. from me to uh, <laughs> sit there. Now, the other thing is, a steroid. T- you know, the steroids are supposed to have a negative impact on your potency. Mm-hmm. Apparently that didn't. A Rod must have been taking the kind that uh, did not uh, have that effect. <laughs> that, that would be my guess. That would be my guess. Did you see the uh, some writer for the New York Post also picked the Twins to go to the World Series? What? Really? One of their sports oh, writers. Not our guy Georgie King. Uh, it wasn't Georgie King. It was okay. I don't know who it was, but he had seven or ten predictions for the season, and one of them was that they would sneak by all the powerhouses and uh, win because of their bullpen. Wow. Yeah, that was his That's take. A, Hot well, take. That is a that is a that's a scalding hot take. What do you got, John? Oh my, that's a scalding hot sports take. The, the good thing about Johnny sports updates is they do not include anything about masses in bodies. Yeah, <laughs> masses, I'll have to work, cancerous work masses. Is that a goiter? This <laughs> <laughs> update sponsored by Firestone Complete Auto Care. Goiter free sports update. <laughs> Firestone Complete Auto Care, keeping cars running newer, longer. Whatever you drive, drive. Of a firestone. Twins open the season in Baltimore tomorrow. In fact, all the major league teams play tomorrow. Looks like what? really. Hmm? But why did I say? Why did I say they'd be working out at Nationals Park? I was still. Uh, they would work oh, it out at Camden Yards. Camden Yards, yeah. Uh, looks like decent weather at Camden Yards tomorrow. Rain in the morning, but clearing with a high of sixty-eight in the afternoon. Uh, the Twins will play five on the road, open up home season next Thursday with a game against You're Seattle. still hanging in there with your prediction of 40 degrees, Johnny? Yeah, well, that's the last I saw. Well, I saw 37, actually, with <laughs> light snow. So. Oh, what's opening day without a little light <laughs> snow for next Thursday? That was the updated one from the Weather Channel this morning. So we'll see what happens. Put a roof on that dump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, we will have the Circle Me Bert this season. Don't worry. Okay. Although Bert tweeted yesterday it was done. Fox Sports, uh, Sports North tweeted this morning. Still exists, just won't have the affiliation with the Minnesota Lottery. Bly Levin, after that, tweeted that he misunderstood mm-hmm. what he was told okay. yesterday. All is right in the world, people. Right. Right. Just Calm down and relax. People now. were ready to burn down Target Field. Oh, they, they were, so mad. They were mad. mad at the Twins, even though they had nothing to do with this decision. Timberwolves trying to get back on the winning track tonight. They're at home to play Atlanta in a game at the Target Center. Atlanta's, no guarantees there. Atlanta's lost 9 out of 10, but that's small potatoes compared to 23 <laughs> out of 24 for the last Memphis, team. Yeah, Reavers, I don't know if you caught that stat with the Grizzlies, too. The uh, Grizzlies had not won a road game in three months. <laughs> <laughs> wow. In this December calendar was the year. last time. In, their, that, in this yeah. calendar year. Yep. Wow. The Vikings. That's have- Webster Sox-esque that's for them. Right. <laughs> yep. Vikings have re-signed quarterback Marcus Sherrills to a one-year deal. The All 30-year-old, right. 30-year-old Sherrills spent his first eight seasons here in Minneapolis. He, of course, returns punts and kickoffs. That's his main job for the team. He cannot be killed. He's, <laughs> he's there. He's, he keeps showing up. The average nine and a half What yards. was Bruce Bochy's great line about that during their World Series run? You can't kill the cockroaches. Yes, That's, sure. That's what he said. We just keep coming back. Sherrills yeah. averaged nine and a half yards on punt returns, 24 and a half yards on kickoff returns. Uh, since you brought up the Giants, a uh, baseball note, did you see 
Uh, they lost both Baumgartner and Samarja yes. in two days. Yes. They're both gone for yeah, at least two months. Yeah, the starting pitcher for the uh, game, the opener, is Tyler Blatch or Blatch. Blatch. Or yeah. Why, oh, I saw Baumgartner, he was hit with a line yeah, drive. What happened broke, to Samarja? Uh, Samarja has something with the... He's got the arm. Yeah. Oh, no. Are they still paying Matt Cain? Oh, yeah. No, well, I, no, they might have gotten out. I think of they're. they're, they're I think did they, they get out of that one? Done, yeah. did, did you see one of their starters? Uh, as I read the story about the injuries, is Derek Holland. Ooh, okay. oh, I thought you were going to say Ricky Nolasco, who Kansas City let. Go, yeah, so. they just let him go too. Mm-hmm. Uh, after uh, Stephon Diggs catch, uh, remember uh, against sure. the Saints? I remember uh, that one. We had that extra point try that everybody had to come out on the field. Took about ten minutes to get everybody out there. We've eliminated that. We have. We don't have to do that anymore. That's a that's a good idea. NFL. Although that we did get the great quote from Thomas Morstead when he went. Sup, fellas. Sup, fellas. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> celebrating throughout the whole stadium. <laughs> NFL voted to approve a rule change proposed by the competition committee eliminates PATs after touchdowns that decide the outcome of games on the final play. So the gamblers who uh, got yeah. the six and a half points aren't going to like that. Nope. But what the heck. Yeah. All right, Johnny, thank you. You bet. Kevin Seifert, uh, ESPN.com, NFL Nation blog, and he's sort of fallen into the duty of uh, uh, writing about referees and rule changes. And this is this is your Super Bowl week, baby, the uh, NFL <laughs> owners meeting rule changes. It's go time for me, baby. <laughs> and uh, usually uh, we, what, we were all excited about what they were going to do with the catch rule, but that has now passed because oh, yeah. of the, everyone is uh, paranoid about the uh, – the uh, you cannot lower your head to tackle rule, uh, and I, I was telling you that our morning fellas pretty much have us playing <laughs> rugby in the future. That uh, there'll be no helmets. So. And then at the end of the, at the end of the day, they uh, we got news that uh, they're basically threatening the teams with eliminating the kickoffs unless they can get the uh, injury rate under control. So between that and uh, and the uh, the helmet rule, I think we will be playing flag football, which isn't entirely a bad idea. Um, yeah, the, uh, the the helmet thing. Part of the the hysteria is the NFL's fault because they always publicize all the possible rule changes for the for any session, and this wasn't on it because they weren't planning to do it. But they were planning to make a point of emphasis, as they often do, uh, to prevent uh, players from lowering their helmets uh, to initiate contact. That's pretty standard, but. Uh, because there were more concussions last year than ever before on record, 291, and because of that crazy, awful injury that Ryan Shazier from the Steelers suffered, spine injury, uh, they've been on kind of high alert. And so the owners basically told the competition committee, whoa, 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 go back in there, take that off the list of point of emphasis, and make that a rule now. So they went in there and in a matter of hours came back with a rule that got approved that isn't even fully written or understood yet, uh, and that's a good recipe for everyone assuming the worst. Uh, yes, uh, I did not realize that, uh, how, how it came about. Uh, did I not read a quote from uh, one of uh, the NFL guys that they probably would have only uh, applied this a certain small number of times, that it's not, it's not as prevalent as we think it is, the lowering the head to tackle? What Mark Murphy said is that when they looked at all, he's the Packers uh, president, he's also on the competition committee, and what he said was that with all the tapes that they looked at, they only found five really egregious ones uh, from last year that they would want somebody ejected for, because that's okay. the, that's the uh, 
the hammer with this rule. It's sure. not just the 15-yard penalty, but it's the possibility of an ejection, uh, which makes it similar but not entirely the same as the targeting rule in college. And so the hysteria is that you're going to have guys thrown out left and right. You know, people are going to be so worried about being thrown out of games that they're not going to hit anybody. And what he said was that there weren't as many examples as you might think of ones where the type that where they want to see guys get disqualified, but you can also just get that 15-yard penalty without a disqualification. Yes, and uh, uh, and and that changes uh, games as well. And what kind of message are you going to give to the referees as to what? amounts to lower what is lowering your head does that i mean what if i if i move my neck down in any way am i lowering my head they they haven't defined it yet have they they haven't um what it sounds like it's going to be and again this is part of why there's so much craziness because they really haven't put it down on paper but it sounds like it's going to be it's not just lowering your head but lowering your head and also initiating contact with opponents so if you like, if you're a quarterback and you're doing a quarterback sneak, you lower your head to get underneath the tacklers, but you're not going to get penalized for just lowering your head. If you're a running back uh, and you lower your head as somebody's trying to tackle you, and you and you initiate contact with that defender, that's a uh, supposed to be a penalty and could be a disqualification. If you're reversed and you're a defender and you do that, that could be a uh, disqualification. If you're a, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman, and in the course of either pass blocking or pass rushing or run blocking or rush run uh defending the run and you lower your head and initiate contact with the defender to either shed the block or initiate the block then you also can be penalized and potentially ejected and so it's pretty far reaching and it doesn't matter whether you're a defenseless receiver or any of those other qualifications it's anybody anytime um and that is where when the nfl says this is a potentially transform transformative rule that's why people think it could be because it doesn't require certain situations it just requires that lowering of the head and initiating contact wow and uh i i would hate to be the officials in the exhibition games where they're trying to teach the uh, players a lesson there's going to be 25 penalties a game uh yeah they're gonna throw guys out left and right too which is what always happens with these new rules but the players won't care because it's preseason and they probably want to be out there anyway but that's that'll that'll be a fun period that august where we get to the third week of the preseason and there's been 25 disqualifications and you know 40 penalties for things that people are used to seeing um, but often that's how they try to get their message across. And when you get to the end of the year, you're not seeing uh, penalties at anything close to that rate. But I do think there's going to be some uh, a lot of confusion and um, at first and probably a, a fair number of fouls called until they get things to where they think is a reasonable place to be in the first year of this. Hey, Kevin, uh, it sounds to be like it's sort of the collegiate uh, targeting rule. I mean, they're very... Uh... You know, they're throwing people out left and right and calling penalties yeah, and left what? and right. And uh, no, nobody, nobody's uh, demonstrated to me that it's worked in college, no. right? I mean, the, the one set of numbers that I saw was that every year of the, of the college targeting rule, the number of penalties has gone up. So either the officials are being stricter with it or it's being, uh, it, it's, they're doing it more often. The players are doing it more often. So I don't even know if it works in college. The difference between the rule in college and what the NFL is proposing is that in college you get penal- you get thrown out of the game automatically for uh, targeting 
uh, a receiver's head or neck area in um, in uh, when they're defenseless, you know, yes. before they can defend themselves. The NFL is using your helmet to make initiate contact on any part of the body of an of an opponent. It's not helmet to helmet or head helmet to shoulder necessarily. It's not limited to that, and it's not limited to defenseless uh, situations either. It's any time. So, so if I dive if I dive at the quarterback's legs and my helmet hits him. Tough bananas. If, if you've lowered your head, yeah, yeah. Well, if you're yeah. diving, would that yeah. be lowering your head? You know, that's, that's the kind of question that we all had for the NFL this week, and they didn't have answers yet. Okay. Basically, what they're going to do is spend the next two months retroactively writing a rule to fit what the owners said that they wanted. And another thing we haven't talked about yet is if they're going to be kicking guys out, it's got there's, there should be a replay component to make sure that before you kick a guy out, he really did lower his head sure. and initiate contact which adds to replay, which no one really wants, <laughs> I don't think. Um, and it sort of gets replay into an area that we haven't really seen, which is the judgment subjective call. Usually NFL replay is just, did he catch it, did he not, did the ball hit the ground, did it not, is he out of bounds, is he in bounds, all objective things that you can either see or not. Uh, reviewing a, 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 a disqualification and ejection is a judgment call, and the NFL has not wanted to have the replay involved in that, but in the interest of safety, of course, they seem willing to make this exception. In the interest of having better defense when the next lawsuits come around, too, I yeah. would imagine. That's, yeah, that's got to yeah. be a lot of this. And, you know, as we said in the top, 291 concussions last year, most on record. Um, you know, I think it was 16 or 17% more than last year. Um, head-to-head hits. Uh, are now causing a concussion on one out of every two occasions. A couple years ago, it was one out of every three. So they have, you know, they they feel like they have numbers working against them right now. And the visual of Ryan Shazier in a wheelchair um, adds to that and is part of, you know, he, that play that he suffered his injury on where he lowered his head and initiated contact, that, that would be a penalty under this uh, new rule. So he could uh, be in a wheelchair and have been thrown out of the game also then. They'll ret- yeah, they'll ret- yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for him uh, he was he was taken out of the game anyway but um there is the hope is that that won't happen too many more times. There is no more impossible task in sports than trying to referee an NFL game when they keep no. throwing rules at you. It's impossible. No, it's impossible. no. This one this they, one they think is going to be simpler but uh who knows. No, it's it's something. All righty, uh, and we're not going to have to march the whole team back out to kick a meaningless field goal after Stefan yeah. Diggs uh, scores a right. touchdown. Huh? That's yeah, good. you don't need to have seven deep set, the punter, the holder, and five <laughs> other backups out there. Uh, we we were trying to figure out why that was even a rule in the first place, and apparently the answers are one, the betting line, yes, and two, uh, there is a um, one of the very low rated tiebreakers is point differential, and so. If you, uh, until this point, you know, they wanted people to have every opportunity to get every point that they had coming to them so that if it ever came down to a tiebreaker or point differential, it would be fair. But uh, I can't remember the last time we got down that far, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. And Mike Zimmer comes through again basically saying Teddy Bridgewater's career is over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, he, yeah, that was the big bombshell out of his, yes. out of his thing is that, um, you know, and I was sitting there when he talked about it, and I was like, whoa, you know, basically, the, he didn't see anything wrong. He thought he looked great in practice, but his, uh, his postseason medicals showed, I don't think it showed that there's like a new injury or a setback, but it just, 
when you take those postseason medicals, it's looking ahead to see, you know, what's the condition of the knee and what does it tell us about what it's going to be like in two years and three years and four years. And whatever's in there is telling them that there's some long-term issues. It doesn't mean he can't pass physical. He obviously passed the Jets physical. But it might mean that he isn't going to be their quarterback for the next 15 but years. But the good either. news about Zim is every time he talks about one of these things, it drives Spielman nuts. So I love that. <laughs> yes, yes. And they may be related there. Those two things might be related. You uh, never know. All right, sir. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Kevin. Okay. Kevin Seifert, directly from Orlando. Uh, maybe Mackie and Jed are right. Maybe we are going to have flag football. Underwear uh, football. I'm all right, for it, that's baby. That's right. That's right. Just wear your soccer unis. <laughs> all right. We'll be back. This portion of the ride with Royce is sponsored by Account Temps. Demand for top talent is at an all-time high. Account Temps can help you find highly skilled temporary accounting and finance professionals who fit your needs and hit the ground running. Account Temps is a Robert Half company. Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history. Patrick. Good evening. Jack, Bill Gibson in the district gallery. Yep. We got some people here from Channel 3. They're shooting a TV news special at the plant. Listen, what the hell's going on down here? It's just a routine turbine trip, Bill. Okay? So just take it easy. There's nothing to worry about. I want a little bit of reaction. We're still on main auxiliary, Colin. Okay, relax. Everybody relax. Got high water in the corn. I'm going to dump it. On March 28th, 1979, uh, at 4 a.m., the worst accident in the history of the U.S. nuclear power industry took place at Three Mile Island in Pennsylvania. Uh, The Three Three Mile Island nuclear power plant was built in 1974. Uh, just 10 miles downstream from the state capital of Harrisburg. Uh, and, uh, of course, this became a nuclear disaster that uh, changed nuclear energy in this country. What was the official name of the movie? I can't remember. The China Syndrome. The China with Syndrome. Jack Lemmon. Was it Jack Lemmon? Jane Fonda was in there, too, yeah. I believe. And a very uh, young Michael Douglas as a, well. Yeah, a, a very good movie if you want to watch it. Uh, but uh, it was uh, this date, 1979, the uh, Three Mile Island. And I don't know if they, I don't think they ever took those things down. I think they just stand to sit there because they, they, you know, the the plant's been out of business forever. So, 